If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base, a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. This is Everything is Personal with Len May. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Everything is Personal. Personal, personal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pat, and as always, my wonderful co-host, Mr. John Smith. Well, I am thrilled to be here. This is probably the most exciting show we have ever done. No offense to any of our Not other probably. guests. Not probably. Yeah, is no, the, this is it. I, I love, and I love all our guests are amazing, but this is our no, personal this is the one, favorite guest. This is the one we have been waiting for our whole lives. Okay. Yes. So, I better not suck, right? <laughs> <laughs> and is that you scratching by well i'm sorry i'm, I'm already, I'm already stepping who, on this yeah we didn't say who it is let's let's make let's a call money right. so this let's is cold money he was 17 that's yeah. crazy so, all right mr schoolie d is on schoolie d yes yeah the sometimes godfather the and sometimes the one l it depends on if i was smoking weed and i forgot an l or you were smoking an l I was, yeah. <laughs> there you go. You want to hear, right. hear a funny L story? Yeah. Because sure. you know in Philly, we got the L train. In New York, you got the L train. Yeah. So I was meeting a friend of mine, Pablo, and he said, take the L train. So I'm looking around, looking up in the sky. Well, what the fuck is the L train? Because in Philly, the L train is the elevated train. Yeah. In New York, it's the L train. It's the underground. You're on the yeah, underground. underground. <laughs> I'm like, nigga, what the motherfuck is the goddamn <laughs> So I went to school in high school of engineering and science on 17th and Norris in North Philly. I lived in the Northeast Philly and I took uh, the train every day to North Philly. So I have a question. You grew up on Parkside and yes. for anybody who's not from Philly, can you give like a description of what that was like? It was the weirdest shit in the world <laughs> because when we moved out there, it was a, it was a Jewish community. It was a heavily Jewish community. I think we were like the third black people on the block. Really? Until the next, till the year later, it was like one Jewish Jew Tang, We got the Jutang clan here. So. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, 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 we're two was, Jews. It was, it was a really nice uh, middle-class Jewish community. And then it became a nice um, middle-class, two-cars family community. And that lasted about maybe 10 years. Yeah. Until they closed, so so it was like so. Basically, we had we had a horse farm, we had the tracks, we had Acme Bakery, the bakery, and you wake up in the morning, it's huge bakery, and you smell all the fucking buns and shit was cooking. Wow. Um, the school I went to was Man School, and Doctor Ed Bradley, before he left to go to sixty Minutes, he was our vice principal. He's partly responsible for me starting the, my label. Cause when I was a kid, it was, it was just like, look, before I leave, I'm going to give you guys a job and your job 
is to when you grow up, you have to change the minds of the world how they see black boys and black girls and brown boys and brown girls. So I'm just like, I'm six. I'm just like, fuck that shit. I got a job. I got purpose. And, Cause you know, it was purpose. Cause back then in the sixties, it was, it was like, um, little boy, you, little girl, you could do whatever you want to do when you grow up. And they should have told my black ass that. Cause I believed all that shit. I believe all that. And I didn't fuck, I didn't fuck around with no bullshit. No adult was going to tell me to do something they wasn't going to do. Mm-hmm. I was that motherfucking kid. Yeah. Right. So it was like that. And then when GM closed down and all the other factories closed down, yeah. it, it went it went downhill really fast. Like my father, he worked at the at GM. He built many Cadillacs and he, and he also worked at the post office. So when GM closed down, he still had the post office. Mm-hmm. But a lot of families just didn't have a job so we were close so so parkside is a triangle and it's just kind of just like it's it's not part of anything right it's not part it's like it's not even like people don't even in west philly don't even consider that west philly so it's like right off the corner and you had had the school kill river you had lakes you had horses you had a park you had trees you had a golf course you had all that shit growing up um so it's me as a kid growing up you know what i'm saying I thought anything was possible. You know what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. just like yeah. I wasn't it wasn't North Philly. And That's no bad no got North Philly because the riots had already happened. Rich yeah. Avenue had already happened. Yeah. Those riots, when, when it happened, when Rich Avenue, those riots happened, it never Rich Avenue never was reclaimed. You know, so North Philly was bad. But it was just kind of like West Philly was kind of just like it was like they said that sh- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know how good looking that my rally was? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but tall plays do what you want to do, man. Do that's, what you want to do. That's super inspirational. And I, I'm glad you're saying that because I think people get the wrong impression of Parkside and West Philly. It's such a beautiful area, rich in culture, yeah. architecture and all that stuff. And I think people don't see it that way. North Philly is not even close to being the same. So I'm going to say, but, you know, I travel back and forth to Atlanta. So, yeah, you you lived in Atlanta for a while too. I wonder. My family's there. Right. I graduated high school in Atlanta. Right. Um, it's like I, I moved back there like every every five six years. I moved back to Atlanta. The, the, even when you were a kid, I haven't, back, I haven't been back in twelve years. Even um, so, when you were a kid, you were going back and forth between Philly and Atlanta. Yeah, because it's like I would learn something in Philly, and I would move to Atlanta to enjoy it. Because <laughs> Because <laughs> you know, Atlanta, dude, Atlanta. I mean, it's just like you got the. It's like the most transports in Atlanta is from Philly and DC. You know, 20, 30 motherfuckers in Atlanta, and you could you buy these mansions and these big cars, and it's open, and they got they have freak Nick and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot of a lot of cats live there. A lot of cats still do live there. But going back in the mid '70s, and I think it's on the we were on the block. We were the first. Divorced family, well, separated family, right? And it was like a big shit. And then, then somewhere around '78, well, I'm gonna say about '76. It was like the games really started. You couldn't go, you couldn't go no fucking where. Mm-hmm. If you're from, if you're from West Philly, you didn't go to North Philly. If you're from North Philly, you didn't go nowhere. Yeah. If the bitches you had in your neighborhood, that's the bitches you dated. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And your friends dated the same ones, and everybody was in Yeah. You bitches had it good. You know what I'm serious? You couldn't go no fucking where. Right. You couldn't go no. 
six six thirty, like lights was on land, you better get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They all cool up until like six thirty. You gotta get the fuck out and go back to your own neighborhood. You couldn't travel in Philly around Philadelphia until like eighty two. And that's when the drug gangs started. So back then it was just it was gangs. And it was like street gangs. It was territory gangs. And they, you know, they sold weed and just shit like that. Well, our big thing was the trains used to come through um, every spring. And like Toys R Us and all that shit. I don't know why they parked them up. Man, we <laughs> popped them up like a lot. Motherfuckers, <laughs> man. We fucking went with them. Three fucking, four fucking twin bikes and shit, man. <laughs> I think they did that shit just to keep us from not killing all the white people. I swear to God. So, they just, let, so they just parked these trains and you're... And these trains came through and they just popped them. And the, and the police knew they sit there and they say, well, okay, that's enough. They had a couple hours. Then they come out and start chasing everybody. Uh, I remember it was um, uh, a friend of mine, two friends of mine. It was this is this is this is when freebasing started. It wasn't a, yeah. it wasn't crack. It was freebasing. Yeah. And my, my two friends and I'm not gonna say the name, but it was like they had this huge fucking industrial fucking <laughs> uh, uh, air conditioner. Yeah. <laughs> We was laughing because the police, they didn't know the police, they was just following right by, right by, right beside them and shit. They was running and shit. The pipes, that's when I first saw pipes and pipes and shit start busting, coming out there when they got arrested and we didn't know what they were, but it was like, and even in that part, it was still magical. Yeah. Even in that part it was still magical because, you know, everybody had to go down the kangaroo line. It felt like a man, go down twice. It was boxing on the weekends. Yeah. Um, but I think what another a horrible thing happened was it got real tight and blocks started to fight each other. Yeah. You know, blocks. You know, what I'm saying all of, a sudden, all of a sudden you couldn't go to the neighborhood. And shit, you couldn't go to the next block. Oh, fuck with some bitch yeah. because bitches got tight. <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was like three five bitches in the neighborhood. <laughs> That's it. You know what I'm saying? It always goes like that. It always goes like, and then then everybody started losing their job. All the fathers was losing their job, like all, and all of a sudden, all the mothers went back to work. So, shit was changing in the '80s, and then all of a sudden, I'm down in Atlanta, and I come back, and I remember we was smoking weed, and um, I'm just like, man, this weed is bullshit, man. It's some bullshit ass weed. <laughs> and it was um, it was 14 of us, and, the, and it was one of my homies pulled out a crack pipe. It was like, well, shit, I got something better than that. And the thing is, I'm like, what? It's just there's this thing called crack. And the first thing came to my mind, I was like, I ain't smoking something out somebody cracking somebody's ass. <laughs> it was like, nah, man, it's just this thing, man. But it was, but everybody they looked at it and said, but but you can't smoke in school because you're insatiable. I've always been insatiable. Uh-huh. I've always been that dude. It was just like, dude, why why do you always have to think so big? Right. Why do you have to why do why are you staring at the stars? Why do we have to do things like this? Yeah. Why do why do you want us to be so big? I'm just like, well, what the fuck is we on earth for? Be grand. And 30 days later, all 13 of those guys was crackheads. Oh man, my closest friends. Well, and you didn't. They and you didn't do it, right? Out. You didn't. I never smoked crack in my life. It was just wow. like it was. It was that was, and I think we started getting better somewhere around 85, 86. It was like I agree. It, it was it was a three year drought. Well, that's good yeah. because otherwise everybody would just be smoking crack, only crack. Yeah, yeah. well, that's because we, because we started getting that shit from Canada too. We yeah, see stuff in Philly, and that was like the kind bud there. Really yeah, crazy. so you go from the street gangs to drug gangs, and drug gangs was about money. So drug gangs was about like didn't matter what neighborhood you was from. 
and say they just whoever had the money, whoever had the money just pulled together. Whoever was selling all the pot dealers and shit, they just yeah. pulled the money together and became big crack kingpins overnight. Like overnight, motherfuckers had everybody had five cars. Everybody was rich. Everybody right. was fucking rich for fifteen years. Everybody was rich. Hmm. So so that's weird. Went from you know a Jewish middle class family, black middle class family to street gangs to crack gangs yeah that fast and, and and in between the crack gangs and the street gangs it was just like neighborhoods started to be run down but all of a sudden the influx of crack everything was shiny again yeah people were fixing up their mama's homes and people was buying new homes and it was big crack dealers had big party barbecues out in the park and it was fixing up light posts and people, you know what i'm saying it was right, like yeah. and, and no, I don't know. I don't know how many people knew where all the money was coming from, because because they, they was kids. They kids didn't handle yeah. fucking job. Most of them yeah, didn't even graduate high school. All yeah. of a sudden, it's like, hey, go, mama, here's a Lexus, or you know, saying here's a Honda Accord, or a Mac. That's I mean, you Maxima show that to a kid. Why? Out. Why would you not want that? Right? Yeah. Why yeah. And he didn't. Why? And nobody asked. It's like it's nobody, like we just nobody watched nobody a Biggie. Asked. We just watched a Biggie documentary, and that's what we were talking about. You yeah. know, standing on the corner, slinging all that stuff. And they, everybody had money. And like, where yeah. did I come from? Nobody questioned. They knew. Nobody questioned this shit. But but yeah. me, I had a different route to get my money for my for my record label. Because that, that was I would already cause because when I was a kid, I knew I was gonna be an artist. But so that's Were so, you already making music? That's, so that's the story of 52nd and Park Set. Yeah. yeah. But, but now but, it's like nobody's there anymore. It's like a big right. lose. Yeah. And they they just came and knocked everything down. I think my mother's old house system, we sold that years ago. Yeah. Uh, I think somebody, some people squatting there. I think, let's say if it was 25 blocks, I'm going to say 10 blocks or less. Yeah. And they all squeezed so what, in. So you said you're always doing music. And what was the first rap you ever heard? If you think about George Clinton, you know what I'm saying? That, that was what you were listening Brown, to. That was rap. Yeah. And it was called a rapping, but it wasn't the term. It wasn't a genre rap yet. I'm going to say, well, everybody fuck else out of New York. Yeah, it's a sugar hill game. Yeah, everybody else. Uh, other than New York, New York, they would they heard rap six years before everybody else did, right? So, and I was still hooked on um, "Dance to the Drummer's Beat." That was the baddest song. Dance. You know what I'm saying? Let's yeah, "Dance to the Drummer's Beat." <laughs> I couldn't believe anybody was gonna make anything better than that. Yeah, yeah. Me being the drummer, I was just like, you know what I mean? Right. I was playing that shit. So, but I remember was going back to Atlanta and my. Um, Pimp Pretty, he's, he's he's dead now. He was he was telling me about rap, and he said, "I think it's something you can do." Because he was like, "Because yeah, I know you want to sing, man, but you ain't James Brown." <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, "It's this thing called rap," and I didn't believe him. And um, I was leaving the next day, and it came when he ran over and kicked my mother, <laughs> kicked the screen door in. It was like, "This is the Sugar Hill Gang." This thing about the Sugar Hill Gang—that who's that was like all, and that was it. And then I got on the airplane and I had him send down like all the rap to Atlanta as I was finishing high school. And it was um, the rap, the funky four plus one is the one nah. that said. It's the joint. <laughs> I could do this. Yeah. When I heard funky yeah. four, rapping and rocking the house. Cause they were talking about riding cars, fucking with bitches, shooting right. niggas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Getting in trouble on Saturday night. It wasn't. Um, hip hop, it wasn't, yeah. I liked it. And you still yeah. like it. You love that fucking song, but it was just something 
missing for me. Yeah. When I heard the Funky Four Plus One, it was and then and then it had Shy Rock. And mm-hmm. I love the women's vocals, man. It just yeah. it just touched me. And she was holding her own. She was killing it and kicking it. I was like, yeah. Um, I love that your influence was I mean, she's I think she's the first female <clears throat> rapper ever, Shah Rock. Yeah. She was everything. She mm-hmm. was um she, I still I mean, I still remember having her posters in in my bedroom. I took down Shaka Khan and put up Shah Rock. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's a question that you already answered. But it's right. one of my questions. What right. it looks like. Yeah. I wanted to ask, uh, in terms of you recorded, if I if I read it correctly, you recorded yeah. PSK with uh, DJ Code Money. You guys did it yourselves. And then I'm having this vision because I used to be a music buyer for Tower Records. Did you guys actually go into like uh, what's a Santa Market and like Tower Records and try to sell the tapes that you guys made? I had already had School Z Records in 1982. Wow. Mm. I put out Gangsta Boogie. Uh-huh. Right. So I already knew right. all the guys, and um, our crew before that it was the Five Two Crew, Cutmasters, NMCs. It was the Five Two right. Crew, and I named the Cutmasters NMCs because mm. everybody back then everybody was going for the big names and shit. Right. So I already I already knew all the guys. We used to, we used to go down and buy records. So I knew Sound the Market. And, right. You know, I knew Funko Mark. I knew Funko Mark. Right. You know. So I knew all those guys, and then, you know, and it was like, and I was um selling uh, mixtapes. Uh, back before before they called them mixtapes, right. and um, and the DJ crew. But I had I had, this, I had this, the song "Gangster Bookie" was at the tail end of that mm-hmm. tape, mm-hmm. and cats would come back and say, "No, no, no, we want to do," because <laughs> nobody had a name on it. And um, um, my partner's his brother was selling. We didn't know all over Philly. Mm-hmm. I said, and he kept coming back asking me. He's like, "No, no, no, move your stuff up to the front." <laughs> And he didn't tell me he was fucking because we we had like twenty tape machines. He was uh-huh. doing stuff. They just sell them, sell the guys in Funko Mart. Said, man, you should make that. You should turn that into a record. If you turn that into a record, we'll sell it. That's so, cool. it was like, so so this whole like, your style, yeah, your your style was so original. Like everybody who knows about rap always credits you with starting quote unquote gangster rap, right? Because you were the first person that anybody ever remembers rapping about you know, the street and and using well, a lot of... Yeah, what was going on? Yeah, how did you even get that influence? I mean, you mentioned Funky 4 Plus 1, but I think of, like, it's the joint. I don't know. I think of, like, what are they doing? How did that... The, your style of rapping, it just... Everything seemed very original. Like, nobody... Everybody ended up copying you. I mean, Ice-T even admits right. that he copied you. Right, right, right. The but cadence, but sure. where did you get your influence? Because I feel like you were doing something that nobody else was doing. Well, it was, like, a lot of rappers that was just rapping, and it was, everybody was fast rapping. Yeah. And the shit I was saying, it's like I wanted to get I wanted to get some kind of reaction. You know, it was like damn 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 boom bitch suck my dick and bam the motherfucker oh shit that nigga crazy and grandmothers and whoever was at the black party, it was just like they was waiting for me when I got on the mic. So I had to slow that shit down. Somebody was it's like I knew it's just I knew I was gonna make I was, uh, I was going to be artist in all ways and what. I was tired of painting because painting was taking me too long. And I was, uh, we had a, when I was a kid, I was eight, we had a family band and I played guitar and drums. Mm-hmm. And my so I knew it was going to be art and music. So it was like, because it was just like, I wasn't working at the fucking post office. You right. know what I mean? I, I knew I was here to do that shit. So I, I basically just said, man, I'm going to tell these stories because there's no way to be on the corner. Something sweet. I wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah, not that fast. You know what I'm saying? 
You're going to get the, the best. My age is young. My money is green. I shock all the bitches with my gangster link. That's when motherfuckers turn around and say, who the fuck? <laughs> because back then everything was fast. Yeah. It was fast. So you had to slow. You had to stop. So you were trying this stuff out. There. So you were trying this stuff out at live, like at parties and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. At black parties. It was yeah. just like yeah. So you just, they, had, they would have to stop. Because the DJs were like, dude, man, come on, man. I got to stop. I'm at motherfucker 22. That shit is at 89. I was like, yeah, but you know, they're going to like it. Don't worry about it. And they did. Yeah. So, so the, that's how I was, got my style. There was a documentary uh, called Fun in the Big Town. Yeah. Uh, big these guys. Was, was that a moment? Because that's the first time that I ever seen you like on TV or on or, or VHS, whatever it was back then. Was that a pivotal moment that now people started seeing who you were after that came out? I'm gonna say it was that and PBS did something because my eight by 10 used to be a hand drawing. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knew what I looked like. I would just draw, I'll just draw a picture. That's my eight by 10. And people were looking, they, they want to see who you are. I'm like, nah, man, fuck that bullshit. <laughs> I just want to, I want to show, I want to be schooly. I don't want Jesse Bonds and, and, and this shit at all. He, he's the man behind it. But the motherfuckers that you see, because Bootsy was saying all the time, Scuba Duba baby, baby, Bubba, if you keep that shit in the cartoon world, baby, you can do anything you want. All right. And that's the truth. I figured out early, I could be raunchy, I could be smart, I could be intelligent, yeah. I could be stupid. Yeah. I could be whatever I wanted to be as long as school D was was that person. And and people got it. When I show up, then I would just show I would just show up. And if I made enough money that week, I might not show up. <laughs> <laughs> I was famous for that. Oh yeah, I'll skip a week. <laughs> But so so then people started they, they got it, they start calling my mother. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that, uh, we'll get I have a booking for Mr. We'll Scooby D. We'll, when we talk about ice tea, we'll get to that. And it'll be like yeah. and my mother was sitting the baby, but you know, you got these people, you know. Like, why did they like 20 grand? But you said you was you said you was gonna do it, baby. You said you was gonna do it. Then you go head on down there and perform. <laughs> How old were you around this time? Like you're were you I was twenty. I started at twenty. Yeah, twenty-one, twenty-two. Yeah, so right. early. I knew. I knew. Like I said, I knew what I wanted to do. You know what you were doing. Like, it was. It was that thing that happened. It was, and from what everybody told me, it was just like, dude, if you ever want to be a rap star, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to clean it up, mm. like Melly Mel did, right. um, for the message. Right. Mm -hmm. And I tried that once. <laughs> And it sucked. <laughs> that was and I saw, I actually went out to that was the record that came out before PSK. And I went down, I bought all the records back. And so oh, really? because you it was it was that bad. You don't want it anybody was, to me it was that bad. I felt like a sellout. Has anybody ever heard that record? Yeah. I ain't gonna tell you what don't it tell is. Don't tell me what it is. I'm, I'm gonna not, say I don't even know if I wanna know. You know what? I, I like, wanna know. I, like I wanna school, know. I, like I, know. I, I know. know. It's still D B, but it was can you, like, can you text me in the side if so I know? <laughs> Look that up. It was I felt like a sellout and I was just like, man, I'm quitting because I sold out. And Royal Ron, who was, was Ronnie D back then, he was just like, niggas, you crazy. <laughs> he said, just do me a favor, just try one more time. Yeah. I remember sitting out on the steps and he walked away and Cole walked up. And he was just, he was um, he was, he was about to graduate high school and he was just like, hey man, can I be your new DJ? And I knew that I needed some new blood. And I was like, you got some turntables? He's like, not yet. But he took me around to his grandmama's house and he had this, this big console and so he started scratching. And he was just like, fresh, fresh, fresh. I was like, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'll give you a call tomorrow. And then um, my boy Manny, who uh, helped start the Parkside Killers, he was, he was like, he, he was listening to like Lady B um, on Saturday. And he yeah. was like, man, these guys out of fucking New York, man, they always talk about their neighborhood. Dude, won't you talk about us? Won't you make a record about Parkside Killers? And I was like, yeah. And I swear to God, like a minute right after that, my boy Abdullah, who was selling my um, mixtapes, who didn't tell me, he pulled up, jumped out this car. Yo, Scoop, man, what the fuck, young? <laughs> Nigga, you always Gucci down. Won't you make a motherfucking joint about Gucci and shit? Swear to God, just jumped back in his car and pulled off. <laughs> You're just like, I was just like, PSK, Gucci, okay. Did you, wait, did you actually have a Gucci watch? Yes, everybody was wearing Gucci shit back then. Yeah. Everybody was wearing Gucci shit back then. Throw my Gucci It was like the bitch would go down to Atlantic City because that's the Gucci store. It yep. was in Atlantic City. Yep. And they just go in and cut the rats, boom, snatch all that shit. <laughs> Come back to 52nd and Market. Just we got to sell Gucci sneakers and shit, Gucci watches, the real shit. They had fake shit too, but we had the real shit. So it was, it was um, or you had to go down to um, John Wanamaker to get a Gucci yep. watch. Yeah, yeah, and you had to wait, wait till somebody snatch one. And yeah. That was risky. <laughs> so, we have seen Gucci time. I wrote that week. Looking at my Gucci, it's about that time. The answer's moving me to start humming the rhyme. I heard you was south, dear, biting my lines. And if I catch you for it, your ass is mine. You're always in my face saying, "Scooby, Scooby, man, how the fuck did you get so cool, man? Never ever seen you play no fool." And those beats, did you program those beats? Yes, I did. And Gucci time was a drum beat that I did. I was going to play hmm. drums, playing drums. Yeah. And my friends were just like, yo, man, it's just like people don't like black people playing instruments right now. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? Tell that in Quest Love. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what? Love later. People don't like black yeah, people playing instruments. Yeah. And That's um, a month before, we just got the 909 in the crew and they gave it right. to me. And it was like, won't you, mm -hmm. won't you see if you can work with it? Because before that, we was working with Dr. Rhythm. So they gave me the 909. Nobody mm -hmm. ever seen the shit again because I was I mastered that shit yeah. in two days. <laughs> so I just turned the Gucci Town beat. For my drums, because I had a cassette, I just listened to it over and over and over again. Right. And the reverb you used. I don't know what effects you used. I've tried to replicate that. There's that echo too, man. Yeah, the echo, that reverb. Special echo reverb. I recorded that at a classical studio. So they had a real plate reverb. So that was a real, that was real echo. That's real plate reverb. All right. Yeah. I yeah, was wondering how you got that sound. I recorded everything live, so it was like all the scratches, all the just playing live and code and scratching vocals. Everything was like live. So yeah, we I wrote both of those songs in one week, and the next week there was there was records. Wow, that's crazy. But we smoked so much fucking weed. <laughs> I mean, in the studio, the weed, the, we couldn't even see the council. Like a cloud. <laughs> council. Was, I kept saying, "More weed, man." We we. <laughs> We all passed out, but we didn't oh, know the guy, the engineer. He lied to his boss and said he's recording some 
uh, symphony or some shit like that. Right. He, he woke us up. We all fell asleep. He said, yo, man, you got to get these niggas out of here. That's a white <laughs> you guys just passed <laughs> out in the studio. He fucking was coming in with bow ties. <laughs> it's the symphony orchestra coming in. Yeah, they was just like, they didn't. And, and it was it was fucked up because they didn't want us in there because they said we was going to steal some shit. And I was offended. Man. Oh man! Uh, but we did steal some shit. <laughs> 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 but I made everybody take it back because it was just like, man, that's fucked up. This dude, <laughs> he gonna lose his. He did wind up losing his job. So they need some expensive ass microphones too, man. It was just yeah. like three, four hundred thousand dollar microphones, and it was like three of them gathered them. It was like, I'm gonna start my career off like that. You know what, what I'm saying? So I took them back. Oh, they fired his ass anyway. But I was about to take the reverb off. Cause I felt like, I said, man, this shit is dusty. And my boy, Lynn, DJ Lynn, he pulled me aside. He was like, yeah, you take that fucking reverb out. I'm gonna shoot you myself, nigga. <laughs> Look at these motherfuckers. These motherfuckers were just kind of just like, they gave me a standing ovation on 52nd Park. A stand, it was like, they was outside my mama's house and it was just like, yeah. well fucking done. Yeah. Because it was, it was unlike, there was nothing to tell. Any legendary. Anybody, it's legendary. Anything. I mean, that no. PSK beat has been sampled so many times. Oh, I mean, more than three, over 300. I hope, I hope you're getting paid off that. I mean, yeah, I get, yeah I, I, you know, the thing is, like, I wrote the lyrics and the music, so it was kind of like... That's good. That was, you know what I want to ask you? Abel Ferreira, how did you meet? And Because all these movies, man, like The Bad Lieutenant, they're using your, your music. I, just, I, I, I started working with him. I was, um, he was shooting um, King of New York. Yeah, King of New York. And uh, he was looking for music. And, you know, sorry, New Yorkers, but he was just like, nah, nah, nah. I think the closest he came was Big Daddy King. But it was um, it was a, a DP and he was like he had a he had a Saturday night tape. This is the guy he was he was from England and he worked on my um, Saturday night tour in the yeah. UK tour in 86. And he still had the tape and he gave it to Abel. And it blew his mind. And I was I was working on Am I Black Enough for you? And he gave me a call and he was just like, yo, man, he said he was trying to find me for like a month. <laughs> he was just like, is this really schooly day? Like me. I was trying to get you for like I two tried, months. Believe, before I even met Len, I've been trying to get you on my podcast, man. <laughs> I've been, I have my own. So yeah, you're, you're a hard to guy find. to reach. So I'm, it's all good. And then it, in that, in that. So it's the mystery, mystery of schooly day. I, know, I, found, I had a lawyer. This is this is yeah. how, this is how Jewish I am. I had to find my well, that's your, your lawyer. First mistake, man. You can't get a lawyer to go after <laughs> well, school. Well, some man. lawyer in Philly <laughs> is the call. one who introduced me to you on email, but then that didn't work. So whatever. But I'm so <laughs> glad we found his lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I turned down King of New York. Oh I wow! I turned it down ten times. It was just kept calling. I was just like, I was like, is you white? He was like, yeah. I was like, click. It was just like, who the fuck? I, I, I think it made him want the music more. He's like. This is some real shit. 
And I try to push the critical thing. Up, man. I'm like, um, you know, like a character actress. I'm in character yeah. right now. I'm doing yeah. this album. And it's called "Give a Black Enough for You," and it's like I'm doing like all these songs, like right. don't call me whitey, don't call me nigger, <laughs> no, super nigger, nigger bad, black Jesus. I was just like in my whole thing, right? And he said, "Yeah, I understand that." He said, "But did you ever think about being coming a film composer?" Hmm. And I was like, "Absolutely, yeah." When I was a kid, me and my mother we used to watch all these musicals, like West Side Story, Oklahoma, wow. and I fell in love with, with music. And we used to watch her like a Sunday matinee. And she, she was telling me, well, I'm like, well, what about if you use this and that? She was like, well, turn the music down. And in your head, you create music. And that's like a, a thing that they do wow. right. in NYU. And he was just like, well, just give me, give me a chance. And let me use some of your music. So mm -hmm. even before I said, yeah, as I was recording the album, he was going to RCA, who was my distributor. Mm -hmm. And he told them that I said, yeah, he was just like taking the music and putting it in to King of New York as I was recording it. And then he called me up, sent the limo down to, to Philly. And he was just yeah. like, look, dude, I'm gonna tell you something, man. If I gotta take all this music out, it's gonna cost me $80,000. <laughs> so please like it. It's in, it's in. And I loved it. Yeah. And it was it's just- It's so was, incredible. It's incredible. I mean, to watch that, those scenes, like they're, I'm trying to remember, there's one scene where I think they're all in the apartment and everybody's doing yeah. drugs and hooking up and, all, and your music. I mean, I think that sort of influenced maybe even like Tarantino when well, he starts yeah. using And we know it influenced, yeah. I mean, Biggie calls himself Frank White after yeah. after that, right? Exactly. I mean, that, yeah. move, that movie is so influential in hip hop later. Amazing. And that movie has a, it has a different life in itself. Yeah. It's just like, it's sort of like me and Abel, and so I started working with him. I did like the year after I just left making records right after that because um, I just went to Capitol. They gave me all this money and Abel flew out to California and said, look, man, I think you should come start working with me. And he said, and this is the thing. He said, look, if you make a record and it's on the radio a year, maybe two, once it's off the radio, it's done until it becomes a classic 30 years later. That's the way they treat black music. That's the way it is. That's just the, that's just how it is. But if you write songs for me, it'll go into the theaters, stays in the theaters, go to the penny shop, stay to the penny shop. Then it goes on HBO, then it goes on Showtime, and it goes on back then, it goes on VCS, then it goes on DVD, then it goes on ABC, then it goes on CBS, and it goes, and said, that shit lasts forever. Forever, right? And said, does it matter when people hear your music? I'm um, like, when you put it like that, no. He said, you want to create the kind of music that you want to create. It's like, I can see this. You ain't going to change. You ain't not going to stop. You ain't, you're not going to stop saying, nigga, bitch, motherfucker, eat my yeah. dick, balls, head, <laughs> fucking crackers. You ain't never going to stop saying that shit. It's impossible. And it's like, but you got this thing. It's like, and it was like, you write all the music, right? I'm like, yeah. I said, well, you're a film composer. Just come work with me. This was like 90, 91. And I was just like, you know what? Wow. And, you know, I asked my whole crew, said, you guys want to come? I guess I'm thinking because hip hop film and everything, it wasn't really that big. And they never, they weren't eight years old like I was thinking about like when I grow up, I'm going to write music for films. And then when I was 10, well, I said, when I grow up, I'm going to tell my mom, I said, mama, write me a Scooby-Doo song. It's turned out to be Aqua Teen. So I was thinking about that when I was eight, nine, and 10. Wow. They weren't. They was just like, 
they was just trying to just forty smoke some yeah. crack, yeah. fuck some bitches, get some gold. You know what I'm saying? They seen that shit. They said, "How the fuck we gonna fuck?" I said, "Dude, <laughs> yeah, big picture, man. Big picture. The more big picture. Have you ever been to can? Exactly. Yeah. They couldn't. They kept saying a can. Like, why would I want to go to a can? Like, <laughs> these niggas is fucked up. <laughs> right. These niggas is fucked up. The only I'm can they out. want is yeah. Something. Yeah. I left, and, and right after that, I'm not saying it was a void, but I just, but the void that was, that was just like it was. Just took a piece out and was over there somewhere. Yeah. On the beach, and all of a sudden, it was just like. They had to put it back together. They put it back together with Ice T, NWA, MC yeah. Ren, Too Short. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the three mob, uh, mm-hmm. guys from, from Houston. All, you know what I'm saying? So it was just like it turned into that that thing without me. And I was thought, and I didn't. I really didn't notice it because I was like always reading the script. I was I was in San Francisco. I was always in Miami. I was always like. Try back a film festival, you know. What I'm saying it was like my world. When that world becomes your world, that world becomes your fucking world. When when people think of music, they think a soundtrack. Like, yeah, I'll make an album, make a soundtrack. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's saying you get a bunch of crews together, go smoke some weed, some crack in the right. studio, and write some songs. But when you talk about film composing, that's a whole. You got to read the script. You know what I'm saying? You got to do yeah. with the orchestra. You got. You know what I'm saying? It's like it takes all your. It takes up all your fucking life. And these directors, right. man, they take up. All your life, I would get a script from Abel like a year and a half into it. I didn't look what? up. Like, so you did you like, ever? Did you ever? Because like you said, you could have followed in the, you know, you could have been. You're the original, right? So you could have yeah. been like, like you're saying, too short and Ice T and all those guys. But you took that different yeah. path. Do you ever look back and wonder what it would have been like if you had? Nope, never. Right? Because I'm happy. I love Too Short. I love yeah. Ice T. I love Ice Cube. I love Chuck D. I love El Cool J. And it's like, and I appreciate that they make records I can jam to. Yeah. People always ask me, like, why don't you just jealous? Why don't you, won't you, you know, say, won't it won't, man, these motherfuckers, man. Was, man, look, <laughs> it was my, it was like I was living in my world. And, and in my world, I was successful. What was I to be jealous of? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, like, by the time like Biggie came along, and even after Biggie, that's when. There's no jealousy, but that's when the real money started coming yeah. in Lincoln Rap. Because, because before then, you made money off your royalties and you sold your, if you was a rapper, you sold your publishing. You yeah. had a big publishing. Yeah. But so, then after that, Puffy, you know, they started doing vodka deals. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Clothing deals. That's when the internet started start happening. People right. started. But, but before then, it was just like, it was. It wasn't it mainstream was, really yet. It, it, yeah. mainstream. it was nothing. It was, it was yeah. I'm, and I'm going to say but my end, the way I looked at it, it was nothing for us to be jealous of because when I seen those cats, it was all successful. Everybody, everybody showed. It was the people. It was the fans who really was like playing that shit off. Like, maybe, yeah, well, maybe they were just missing. Maybe they were missing your music too because they didn't. Yeah. Realize you were doing soundtracks and they didn't realize you were, you know, yeah. doing what you were passionate about in the moment. So yeah, yeah, I, and I, and I'm, um. That's a good thing or a bad thing, but I had a list of things that I wanted to do. I wanted to, and then I right, up, right after like I stopped working so much with Able because that shit was that shit was taxing. Yeah. I started working with Aquatin, and I and I had enough money in the bank. I just had my daughter. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna yeah. I'm just gonna work with. And that was like that. But that see that's that see the things that happened to me was purpose stance. I it was I wanted those things to happen. It wasn't like I had a manager who said like these are your five choices. Mm-hmm. It was like. 
I had to, I made these choices when I was 10. You know what, you, you you feel what I'm saying? I wasn't going to yeah. let nobody stop me from experiencing that shit. But yeah, and you did work with like uh, some animated I, series like in Adult Swim too, yeah. right? And that was like 14 it, years. Um, yeah, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the long run, you made the right, like, because look at your career. Like, a lot of these rappers that we're talking about that came up when you were big, you, yeah. you know, I don't even know where they are today. Well, you know? some of them are gone. Some of I them mean, are you gone. Know, and Biggie. I mean, we know that rap, it's like, the you know, every two years, it kind of changes. The guard changes, and it's a new rap, yeah. you know? Something yeah. new. Like, it's Rob yeah. Bass one minute, and then it's Biggie. You know, I, it just changes. So, I think... It just changes. It's yeah. I, I, I think if Biggie was still alive, Biggie would still be. Oh, Biggie would be doing. He'd be have his. He'd have his own Netflix special and shit. Yeah. He'd be fucking cool. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no doubt. I think he'd be singing cool. R and B. They, yeah, they were bigger than life. You yeah, know what he, was, he was a different. He was a different type of thing. He was like he was a once a in a generation. Thing. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. But yeah, I think honestly, good. I think you're that way too. And in some ways, the way that you yeah. you did your thing in at least in hip hop, and then you just stopped. In some ways, that makes to me that makes your legend even brighter because it's like this crazy moment in time yeah. and then you just disappeared you didn't really disappear but you disappeared from that track so i don't yeah, know from that i'm holding you on that same level schoolie no as for as sure biggie, absolutely you're we one of the greats i really honestly yeah. believe that yeah we, we i always we that. always say like top three rappers like schoolie rakim you yeah. know yeah we always yeah, you're up there we always yeah where do your passion for art come from actual like the art that you painting and drawing i was i was painting I, I, the first painting i did was i was three i did snoopy Oh. The first time I did Snoopy was, um, well, I think it was like back, like the same, like in the 60s, it was like, you had like the Black Panthers, you had the movement, you had yeah. the Black Nationalists, you had, you know, get No Gang War in 74, you had like all these things. And that was about being Black, poetry, yeah. art, bongos, bitches, weed, you know what I mean? It, was like, <laughs> it all goes together, man. <laughs> incense, and it was just like, if you weren't, if you couldn't play bongos, you you couldn't play an instrument. If you, didn't have, you, you you couldn't you you weren't a poet. You weren't an artist, and it wasn't about the pussy. But you <laughs> That's the like, that you get. So, so I grew up looking at all those guys and throw in pimps and, and they ain't call them gangbangers and not the gang members. Mm -hmm. You talk about gang war. All of that was growing up, and you and you had, and you picked. I, I came to Earth to be an artist, so it was just like it was. That's the household I grew up in. Like, yeah. what did you come here for? My father would say this shit all the time. You you here? You yeah. might as well have a fucking good time. You might as well fucking do something, right? Yeah, it was like you sure. might as well do sure. something. So, what for do you sure. want to do? I remember sitting at the, the table, and everybody was. This is right after um, the family band broke up. My brothers, they. Yeah. They wanted to get in the gang, so they sold this stuff for weed. Mm. <laughs> I came home, the, the band was done. But well, we got <laughs> some weed, though, if you want. All the weed and shit. <laughs> Man, we gonna go in the weed business. <laughs> they was in and out of that shit bad. Right. But it was just like, everybody was going around the table, and it was just like, I said, I'm going to change the world. And it was mm. like, well, you could do that. I said, I'm going to change the world. Through my art, I want people to look at my stuff. I want the people to hear my stuff. I want yeah. this thing. I just want to change the world. My brother was like, "I want to be a criminal." <laughs> <laughs> that was his. And he was like, "Well, why?" They were like, "Well, why?" This and this was. I'm not gonna say PC family before PC family, but it was right, like right, you know, right. the mother, my mom was just like, 
Well, no, 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 honey, baby, let, let him express himself. Why you want to be a criminal? Then they got the best cars, they got the best women, they get the smoke weed, they got a lot of money. They got. It was just like you couldn't argue with that. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, I changed it's the world, idea. and my father, my brother became a professional criminal. And at the age of sixteen, when he was old enough, because back then, it was, you know, you sixteen. You made up your mind. Well, my mother was just like, you still want to be a criminal? Oh, yeah, well, you know, she packed his bags and said, nope. <laughs> oh. How's your brother and now? He is, he's out. Yeah. He has a nice parole officer. <laughs> and I, the last time I, I seen him, um, we had a stack of records when I was growing up. Yeah. And um, we all love Buddy Miles. Mm-hmm. And he had this song, Buddy Miles had this song called Changes. And I promised my brother, said, you know what? You know what? When I grow up, I'm going to sing this song live. Mm-hmm. And three New Year's Eves ago, I I fired my band and hired a new band because they, they, they schooled me. Why the fuck do you want to sing these songs and shit? And it took me a year. I learned every fucking note. Buddy Miles changes. Hired a new band and uh, my brother's parole officer brought him down for that night to see me that 35 year promise or more to sing changes. When he came in, I still had the album. I said, what's this? I said, remember when I was a kid? I said, when I grow up, I'm gonna sing changes live. It was just like, killed it, killed it. He sat, you know, his eyes, I went in the back, I swear to God, came out. This motherfucker was robbed. He was taking niggas pizza money and shit. He wanted some pizzas. And motherfuckers wanted some pizzas. And he was like, I collect everybody money. I was like, God damn. Yeah. I was like, dude, you're not on parole. You still uh, you it's in him. money and shit. It's in his blood, man. It's in his blood. So, so it um, it took him back. Yeah. <laughs> to where to where he was and you know it was um he um we we good we good he used to kick my ass all the time we good now <laughs> we good now he cried that night he was like shit he was like dude just like how the fuck did you have so much focus from seven years old to damn near 60 to have that much fucking focus and i don't think artists get enough credit for having focus i think people look at us like we're flighty yeah. Like, yeah, no much focus you gotta have. It's like, dude, that took focus. For sure. That was years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And you killed that shit. Now I gotta Absolutely. go back to prison or some shit. I don't know halfway <laughs> house. But that was that was the, that was my family. So yeah. it was we lived up to our own expectations. We didn't mm-hmm. have to uh father and mother expectations only expected us to like we made a choice. Yeah. to live up to our choices. We didn't have to live up to their choices for us. We had to live up to our choices for ourselves. So he wanted to be a criminal and I wanted to change the world through music and art. Are you working on anything these days? Yes. Actually, tomorrow I'm heading up to um, to New York because A&E, they're doing a, a special on Ice-T. So I'm going oh, up to do an interview with that. I have, um, I got a new album out. I guess we could talk about it some other times called because Schoolie D Crazy, that's why. The original title was that nigga's crazy because <laughs> that's a tribute <laughs> to Richard Pryor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I remember being a kid and Richard Pryor came on um on Johnny Carson. And I asked my mother, it was a school night. So I like, I stay up and watch Johnny Carson, Richard Pryor gonna be on there. 
promoting his new his new his new record. And the record was called That Niggas Crazy. And Johnny Carson came out and said, you know, the niggas crazy. So I turned to my mother and said, you know what? When I grow up, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> so from from a young kid seeing that shit, who was gonna tell me that I couldn't be Schoolie D and be on TV? All my heroes did, which probably did it. Yep. Yeah. Fox did it. James Brown did it. George Clinton did it. All those guys, they didn't change. They was black as a motherfucker. They was cussing. They was nasty. They was yeah. rude. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah but your mom that, also your mom also encouraged and supported and said there's yeah. no barriers. You can yeah. do yeah. one good mom. box. And it's really important, yeah. you know, to be able to have that support. Yeah, she made sure I had like all the tools, whether she yeah. agreed with it or not. She made sure, you know, the tools were there. So, um, so the new record is on, it's on Symphonic, and we're actually back working with Chris Schwartz. Yeah, so Roughhouse. I yeah, I know, I know Chris. The Roughhouse release. That's so um, cool, man. That's that's uh, my cool. that's my guy from uh, like uh, I used to go to Revival all the time back when oh I in day Philly, yeah. and I missed Chris, and that's why yeah. I met uh, Be Real and Cypress Hill from yeah. uh, those guys back in the day. That too. was like that was when I performed at um, Revival. I jumped out of like three times, and the, the one, the, the last time, Chris called my mother. Oh, that's that's, that's <laughs> you gotta call you. My mother was like, "Man, with Chris on the phone, why don't you go to people? This one's gonna take a half hour. Why don't you just go? Oh, he'd be right down there. You know, like a manager revival, calling my mom. <laughs> yep. Chris, can you make Schooly come down here before we gave him money and everything? <laughs> He's, He's just, just not this showing is, this up. Seems please, to be a, this man, seems please. to be a bit of a pattern with you. There's a theme here, yeah. right? Schooly just doesn't <laughs> show up. I, I'm, I, I, I'm I honored that, that you showed up for this podcast. I know. I don't man. do that anymore. I, yeah. I, I, that was like the stuff you did when, when you, you were a kid. kid. I have, a, I have a question that. for uh, uh, this is something personal I wanted to know. So what? I named my cat when I used to have a cat, uh, Chiba. How did you? What, where did where did you come up with Chiba Chiba, y'all? I was trying to. There we go. Heard I it, I've heard it on. Um, I don't know if it was Wild Man Steve. Um, he's like some call, some call weed, and it's a killer. Yeah, to, like yeah, I heard it on like one of those records that that that. Chiba, that Chiba. When I was a kid, the Chiba. Yeah. I was allowed to listen to, him, but my older brothers weren't, and it was I was that was confusing. It was like he's the youngest out of nine. Well, how can he get to listen to all this shit? For some reason, my parents knew <laughs> they were because he can handle it, and yeah. they would they would they would say that all the time. That's funny. I call it weed. I call it Chiba. Yeah. So like, it was just, it just stuck in my head. And when I was smoking weed at Chiba, some dealers yeah. called it Chiba, yep. and some dealers called it weed. And I think the Chiba was the shit that got you real high. Yep. Yeah. And that the was weed it. was the shit was just mild. Yeah, it's the, the weed it was, was the, the killer. It's the thriller. It's the thing that you need. Yeah, killer yeah, was the, and killer was the was kind bud. Chiba. Yeah, that was the killer. The killer, the killer, the killer was the kind bud. You know, like your mom smoked weed. The killer was the one that had the PCP laced in it, right? Yeah, the killer was that shit. You man, what the whoa? It was like that killer, right? So I want to go and ask. We're coming up on like. Yeah, we already taken up. We taken a lot of your time. Thank you. Oh, so you know, every time, but I still feel like I didn't say shit. Well, See, man, but you, you you can keep talking and talking. It's fine. I just want to get my no, questions I got, in. I got, a, I got a cocktail. Dang. You know, saying my girl Enjoy. <laughs> uh, so I have. Uh, I always ask the the guests these three questions and, and okay. questions. So go through and ask them, and then yeah. you can talk about anything else you want. I just want to get them in. Yeah. All right. So first question is: Please describe your first experience with cannabis. Chiba, um, if you remember, I lied and said I smoked it before. 
And I remember being at this bitch house. I was trying to, we, we skipped school. I, was, I think her name was Tweety. She's a big tits. Around how old were you? 13. So yeah, it's like yeah, 12, 13, 12. And I remember being at the house. And I remember trying to smoke like a cigarette. And it took a real long drag. <laughs> and it stayed in there. And I don't know what, but that drag, that first hit was just kind of came out slow. My eyes bugged. And I always remember there's somebody doing this. <laughs> <laughs> took another hit. Somebody. And I was, fuck. I, I thought I was there for a month. I was there for 10 minutes. Wow. <laughs> it was just like, I was, said so my boys had to, they had to walk me home. They had to tell my mama I got sick at school. So I was, <laughs> I think it smelled the shit all over. He got sick at school, Miss Weaver. He, he got the flu. Middle, it was like, like you know, at the end He's of the year, the flu. Skip, skipping school around May. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's hysterical. I, I could just see my mother like, like shaking her head. That was, I think that's my first, yeah. So the uh, next question is, John and I are both music guys, obviously, you're a music guy too. Is there an album, a song, or something that's like your go-to that whenever you have to go to an album, this is what you put on and this is your song and whether you consume Well, I, I got so many, but, the, but Adore is one of them. Adore by Prince. Adore, oh yeah. Oh, Adore by because Prince. Oh, yeah. Adore, it could be a spiritual song. It could be a love song. It could be your love of music, love of art. It's just like, it's just, it's just that thing. When I first, because I was talking about when I met you, yeah. you were like kind of unattainable, but I talked to you like all night. It'd be like, it's like, it's like he's talking about the first guitar. You know, yeah. the first time you paint, it's just like shit. I'm fuck with you like all night, you yeah. know. Say I don't know what I'm doing here, and it's like that's or you know, what I'm saying when you when you're just thinking about when you want to reminisce on like the shit you did, not in your twenties with women, in your thirties, in your twenties that was just the energy. When you start learning how to, as Richard Price say, learn how to fuck, <laughs> you know what I mean? And talk yeah, shit, exactly. like you yep. fucking, you know what I mean? That's on the door, man. And it's it's it's, it's probably plenty more for other different reasons, like One Nation Under Groove. Right. Um, that and um, Funk and Teleki. Mm-hmm. That puts me, if I if I want to draw, if I, if I want to draw one of the School of the Old Characters, yeah. I got to have that album on, those albums on. Yeah. You know, yeah, Funk so and Teleki versus the placebo syndrome. I play the whole thing mm-hmm. and I can draw and I can paint. But when you're doing your art, I mean, you mentioned you were very high when you did PSK. And do you still uh, consume? Does that help you get in a flow? Well, I don't smoke anymore, but I do mm-hmm. edible. Uh-huh. When I can, because it's like my asthma is just like this. Yeah, I mean, you could give me weed; it could just it'll sit there. But if you give me some fucking gummies, <laughs> you're gonna have to like get you gummies, some gummies yeah. for this after this. Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get you some gummies. We'll get you really. Some oh hell yeah! Oh, Whatever you want, man. <laughs> we'll get you Whatever some. Whatever you want. Hell yeah! Yeah. Hell yeah! And my um, I had a um a girlfriend. She used to make butter, so she used to make the the chocolate chip cookies and yeah. So, yeah, dude, you got to come to LA. You we're spoiled. We have everything. I know. Everything I know. you could possibly I mean, want. You, you don't have to say that. LA got just not got anything anyway. Yeah, in it's, LA. It's true. It's like it's, 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 it's the fuck. All right. Well, when when you come here, you're a guest. We will take care of you. We'll take care of you anyway. But right. I don't want to put on the air. We we. Yeah. Well, all right. The so, one. the third one is what has cannabis, weed, chiba meant in your life? I'm glad. I started 
drawing and painting and playing music and creating music before I got high. Because if I didn't, I swear to it, it would be a crutch. I would I would think the weed, because it's so good. It makes you yeah. feel so good and so free. You would think that that's what it was. And you know, I mean, come on, how many times have you heard somebody's an artist that you love that say they're going straight in the next album or <laughs> a piece of shit yeah. because in their head, it was the drug that made them feel feel that way. So it's important to me because it just added something extra. It was like, if I was thinking of something, I was thinking like, you know what, maybe this, this blue can be a little bluer or maybe I should add some green, but I'm not going to do it because I don't want to, I don't want to risk it. The right. weed says you could do it. So I already had the art, I already had the music, but the weed made me say it was it was like it was the extra me right. saying, you could do that shit, dude. You could and whether it looked good or not, I could like if I was ever if I ever felt like I was being too straight for my even for myself, I could smoke and was like I could inhibitions just going, you know, for a couple right. of hours and, and, and it's just <laughs> like just you're just like, okay, the brush is just flowing. You know what I'm saying? And then you got to put the brush down because then you got to make, you know, some contour lines and shit like that. You can't do that shit all fucked up. You know yeah. what I mean? I can't make that the high top fade of school. I can't make that shit straight. But all the other shit, like all the shit that you, if you go back and you read all the little sayings that I've, that I've scribbled on, it was like, that's the shit I would definitely hide. <laughs> you know, this shit. I was no, definitely you, high writing that shit. Right. Yeah. I want, right. And I wanted, to be, I wanted to be high because I wanted to be, it felt more natural. It felt yeah, more yeah. fun because I remember just like, you know, all the Funkadelic records and all the Ohio play records. And back in the day, you get the, the open up thing. They did it for a purpose. So you could put yeah. your, you know what I'm saying? The fire. You could separate the seeds. You separate, you know what oh, yeah, that's so true. Knew, yeah, that's right. I knew cats were smoking weed, listening to my records and reading my album covers, so I want to make sure that it was just like that was the, that's the experience that they're going to get a pure experience. Yeah, oh yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? If it's going to be about weed. If it's like Saturday night, yeah. It, if you look at this, if a motherfucker is reading it, it's just like yeah, you know, I want it to be like you know, like this motherfucker must have been hot. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I didn't want to lie and say I wasn't. Yeah. So yeah. you know. Man, I never thought about my Ohio players. That's why when I opened up that Ohio players record when I was a kid and that girl with the, the fire yeah. hose. The, yeah. <laughs> I think that, yeah, right? Yeah. I have it up there That, that was like my yeah. first centerfold. Um, Wasn't it? I, exactly. Yeah, I, I, and yeah. I know what you mean about painting. So I, I paint too, uh, yeah. oil. And sometimes you can get high and it's not where you want to be because yeah. you don't want to be that abstract. You want to be yeah. precise. And when you're high... You sort of paint outside lines. Sometimes yeah. you, want, you want to stay within lines. When you want to deal with colors, it's like yeah. when um, John Coltrane used to. They say you come in. It's like you know, you know, this needs to be more blue, or more. You know, if you if you never got high and use and use music or art that way, you 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 don't understand it. But it's just like yeah. So you can get blue and green when you high, but when you got to get something down to the point, it's just like you know, you, blue. you might not want to be high. For me. All right, so I have a bonus question, and then okay. then All you're right. free, but uh, you can talk about whatever you want. We'll have you on forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so please describe what your room looked like growing up. Um, the shot rock poster. It went, it, went through, it went through like many stages. It was just like it was nine kids in a three bedroom house. Wow. 
no, it was like it was like stack. It was like three <laughs> stacks, <laughs> and I was on the bottom. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, the first time I heard my older brother's whacking off, I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> <laughs> to to the Ohio players' shit. record when they when they fucking dis- discovered whacking off at the right that shit. But once they all moved out, I remember I asked them. I was like, I was like that kid that sat in his room for hours just staring. I said, "Yo, mind, can I paint my room black?" And she was like, "Yeah, go for it." <laughs> I went up on this black paint. I started painting the walls and ceiling and shit, and I started going bonkers because that's what they say. It's like I couldn't because I would close. I would like put the blinds down. I would close the door, make it completely dark, and was like, "Holy shit!" So she came and kicked my ass. So I got to <laughs> so I got to leave the ceiling black. Now wow. paint stars and shit like that on like top. It's her nose, and I had um, everybody got their stereo, and I had tons of like funky four plus one sequence. I had posters, and on another wall, I had all my drawings and paintings. I used to, I had a desk in my room. I used to make, I, I did this series of comic, X-rated comic books. That's why I had made money. And it was like one was called Bat Dick. <laughs> He had this huge dick. Dude, I got to get one of those. Where can I get one? Yeah, I just sold the painting of that. I'm going to start it again. I just sold the painting of the, one oh, of the man. covers in New York. I want one. He had this huge dick. And he was like, instead of solving the crime, he would fuck the women. <laughs> <laughs> and Robin, and he would blame it on Robin because his dick was so big. He would kill the women. He would blame it on Robin. Robin would get arrested. <laughs> so if you look at some of our paintings, you'll see a Batman. And he's always saying Robin did it. Uh, and every time there was a new crime, D Batman would, would have to go bail Robin out. Only Schooly D would do bad dick. And then I had Jaws. <laughs> and he was only interested in eating pussy. <laughs> you know, you probably have a market for those right now. He would sneak up on girls and just like start eating and like spread their legs. <laughs> Dude, so, it's hysterical, man. So I would that, that was you know, so I had a desk. I would like create my cartoons, and my, my comic books, um, and you know, it was like this. And, and then, then we had to put everybody had to put bars. And crack started. Everybody had to put bars. Mm, right. And it was because you know, yeah, people come crack, in. crackheads. They'll do what they'll do. They'll come in and steal your fucking nineteen inch Sony yeah. TV, Sanyo. Yeah, it was like the black version of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> and like whacking always, off and and yeah i would always consider myself it. um the black version of dennis the menace yeah i mean i was bad but i was just kind of like what if we do this kind of bad you know set this on fire kind of bad yeah let's see what happens yeah that's what happens with this i was that kind of bad you know what i'm saying so that's I, yeah it was the black version of the you know yeah. you know remember um who's the oldest kid he finally got his own room on the Brady Bunch. Greg. Craig. Greg. When Greg yeah, finally yeah. got his book, that's what it looked like, but the black version. Right. So I had like, you know, <laughs> the black I had to glow in the dark. You're the black Greg uh, Brady. I had the, the, Vir- I had the cool character D. signs. You know what I'm saying? The Virgo. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I had that shit. I had, some, I had a little thing, little thing for my incense and shit. Right. Love that. So it was, it, it, it was that's what we had to go on because yeah. it was, we didn't have any images. You had to come up with your own. So now there's thousands. Right. Which I fucking hate. Um, about what we're going through in America. Like, we have too many images to tell kids what the fucking look like and do. And those right. images are coming from, I'm sorry, dude, old racist white men, sexist. Yeah. 
It's all they, right, man. They tell these girls what to do, what to look like. They they are. They say, well, if you don't, if sure. you're not, this is this is what black is, and this is what little girls should look like, and this is, and then you tell them, you know, say this is what this is what hippies look like. You know what I mean? So it's like they gave us a lane. So yeah. now you have these images. Back then, we didn't have any images. You came up with your own think. shit. I think that generation is gonna die off, and then as long as motherfuckers like us keep reminding, like I remind my kids all the time, it's like, dude, just that's cool. Yeah, I do that's too. That, cool. that support that you, your mom yeah. gave you, I try to do the same thing for my yeah. doll. Whatever, anything is yeah. possible. Do whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, both our kids are artists for sure. Yeah. Yep. As long as we stay alive longer than those old dusty bastards, because you don't know they could be. What, what did the what, what did the Q and I say that they drank? Kids' blood. Kid, yeah. yeah. They yeah. drink uh, yeah. kids' blood to stay alive forever. And they live yeah. in the center of stay the young. earth with the lizard people. Exactly. Who the fuck want to be here forever? That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, fuck that. Dude, who the, who the no. fuck want to be here forever? What the fuck is wrong? Nobody wants to be here forever. I don't want to be, and be forever. old for, forever. Yeah. 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 I, know, I, think, I know, right? It's like, yeah. I, so, to I think there's a certain amount of money where you get to a certain point and people just go crazy. Like, once you hit that amount, you're like, what else can I, I do? I can do a couple of years. I was a dick. I tell people I was a dick for two years. <laughs> I swear to God. I said, I'm fucking, I'm going. This was like somewhere around 95. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm going for it, man. Fuck it. I got no shit. I'm being a dick. I had it. I didn't like it. It was not me. It wasn't you, right? It, it wasn't, wasn't me. Because I was, because you know, people were just like, man, you need to hang around. You kind of big, you need to date models. And I was you like, no, I'm going to try this shit, man. This shit's boring as hell. It is boring. Well, I'm going to go. Yeah, well. I got listen, some more stuff to talk about. We'll listen, well, we well let's do, it do this time, again. Man. For yeah. sure, you're always welcome. Where can people find more about you? or I'm on uh, Instagram. Um, I got Schoolie D. On, uh, I got two Schoolie Ds on Facebook. The Schoolie D and Fan and Jesse Bond's Schoolie D. And, and I got um, Mr. Schoolie D and Schoolie D, D-E-E, on Instagram. And I have a YouTube channel and I'm going to, I'm starting a new, I'm filming it now. So I'm, I'm doing the editing now. I'm going to start a new Sunday school with Schoolie D. I'm going to start wow. my uh, Instagram. So it's going to come on every Sunday. I'm going to do eight episodes. It's going to start around May. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, great, I'm, I'm man. Gonna and it's going to be pretty oh, fucking funny. A lot of stuff to look forward to, man. Hey, man. I'm I know, so man. grateful. That's what my therapist said today. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. I'm serious. She was like, that's, you can just. Got a lot of shit to be excited That's about. That's all right, man. It's it's great, man. I, I have an octopus tattoo because I'm always doing multiple things, man, at the same time. Right? So it's like that's that's what you do, man. Multiple things well, and yeah. not pigeonhole yourself. Love but it. daddy said, you know, you're here. You must well do something. So, Thank so you. grateful. Thank you so much for doing this. Really excited. This, this is, is amazing. This is blew my expectations away. Yeah. <laughs> really? Because I, sometimes I get oh, off dude, the, you're the good. interview. Amazing, brother. Just, amazing. Like, I can talk to you for, yeah. You have right, to come man. back on again when your album drops. Yeah, all that when stuff. you drop yeah. it. When the sure. album drops, I'll and, come back on. And we're gonna it's get your uh, we're gonna get your address for those edibles. Yeah. Uh, I'll hit oh, you. yeah. I'll hit you okay. Sure, I got <laughs> it. All right. No worries. All right. Thanks so much.
got kinda high and uh, kinda drunk, so I kicked the ass of this little punk. Forgot my key, I had to ring my bell. My mama came first, she said, who the hell? Wait, mama, wait, it's me. I mean, what do you I'm, say? I'm blown away. This was... <laughs> I mean, come on. He was incredible. What a Amazing. great... He's a real true Amazing. artist. Amazing. I mean, really what energy. Artist. This was... I don't even know what to say. All the expectations that I had... I know. I mean, I, I have... expect him to be like that at all. Like I this. probably have about 10 more questions to ask, but I know. it was already an hour in. Uh... I know. I feel like we could do part two and just like pick up from... Because I had a million questions too, and I was like, what am I going to do? I could keep this guy here, poor guy here for three hours. But I hope the audience liked it as much as it we was... did. All you right. know what? Audience, no offense, but... I mean, that was, I yeah, so we just got fun. to live our dream. We just <laughs> got so to live. Fun. Whoever else likes it, great. It's a bonus for you. If you don't like it, oh, oh well. And I got one word for you. Voice. Uh, anyway. All right. We came into a have you heard because it's too much. It's like nothing can follow that. We will be back with our regular scheduled program next yes. week. And uh, we will reflect on this and we will do our lists of best, whatever it is. But can I think we should uh, yeah. I'm still end high. on a high note. It's like the I'm George Costanza where you just want to leave <laughs> on high note, right? <laughs> we just leave on a high. This was uh, amazing. It was amazing. Right. I agree with you. We'll, we'll reconvene next week. <laughs> all right, man. Great. I'll see you later, Len. Peace. Everything is personal. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.